Hey, John Ojaka here, and it is now 2021. And if you're hoping to take your music career to the next level this year, but you could use a little one-on-one help from a music marketing consultant such as myself, then head on over to musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash work with John. I'm now taking clients for the new year, but slots are filling up fast. Uh, In a private consulting session, my time is essentially yours, and we can discuss your music career, review your music, ad campaigns, landing pages, funnel content, uh, anything you want really, and I can help you come up with a game plan for getting unstuck for the new year. I'm now taking clients for 2021, but spots are limited, so be sure to act fast. Once more, just head on over to musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash work with John to learn more about booking a private session now. You're listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast, where you'll learn how you can use direct-to-fan marketing strategies to grow your fan base and generate income from your music with no record label, radio, airplay, touring, or press. And I'm your host, John Ojaka. All right, John Ojaka here, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. Well, as I mentioned at the top of this uh, episode, it is a new year. It is 2021. And needless to say, last year was not was not so great. Uh, it's, it's been really tough uh, for many people around the world. We're obviously in the middle of a global pandemic. Musicians have been hit particularly hard uh, in more ways than one, but but specifically as it pertains to our careers. Uh, for many, uh, depending again on where you are in the world, uh, live you know revenue from live shows is all but dried up. Um, unfortunately, we're not off to a, a wonderful start with 2021. Uh, there's obviously a lot of turmoil uh, out there in the world, and I'm not so convinced that uh, that you know things are going to smooth out anytime soon. But but I don't know. Finger, fingers crossed. Uh, all we can do is our best, and all we can do is prepare. Uh, for for the future as as humans and as as musicians. So we're going to talk a bit about that. Um, but what I wanted to talk about specifically in this episode uh, is, uh, well, what I want to talk about are these coming changes, potential changes to Facebook advertising and Instagram advertising. Whenever we talk about Facebook advertising, we are also talking about Instagram advertising because they own Instagram, as most of you probably know. Um it's been floating around, you know, you're, you're reading headlines lately, things like, is this the end of Facebook advertising um, uh, because of some, some coming changes to Apple's uh, terms of service? Um, and that's what we're basically going to be talking about today. Now, spoiler alert, I don't, I don't think most musicians have too much to worry about, but there are things to be aware of. Um, so, you know, I don't think there's any need for panic, um, but that's basically what I'm going to be running you through on this episode. I'm going to be talking about these coming changes, what they are, what you need to know, how they may or may not affect you. I do want to kind of preface this with uh, the simple reality that we don't really know what's going to happen just yet. Uh, it may be worse than I think it's going to be, but I don't think that uh, that it's going to affect music musicians too dramatically. So this is what's going on if you haven't heard about it. Uh, iOS 14, which is already out, uh, is going to update soon. And with that update, uh, anyone using any app, at least per my understanding, is going to be prompted with a little message that says, uh, are you basically willing to pass on your data to this app 
or this service. Um, and again, the language won't be exactly that, but it'll be something along those lines. And this is just for iOS 14 users. So uh, at least initially, it may not, uh, or Android, we may not need to worry about this when we're targeting Android users. Uh, it's likely not to be an issue uh, with people using desktop browsers. Uh, but obviously, iPhone users are a huge cross-section of our users, potentially the most important cross-section of our users. And the fear is, is that they're all going to click, no, I don't want to pass my data. And that is that has the potential to really mess with the way Facebook's algorithm works. Not, not again, not the organic Facebook algorithm so much as the the advertising platform. Uh, right now, when we use Facebook, we're doing uh, we're relying or benefiting from the amount of data that they have access to tremendously. When we target people. Let's say you're running an ad and you're targeting uh, people who like Bob Dylan, uh, my, my sort of default example audience. Um, you're not just, you know, it's not like Facebook just loads up 5 million Bob Dylan fans and starts randomly feeding them to you. Uh, well, to some extent, they do initially. But very quickly, what happens is that based on whatever the objective is of your ad campaign, so let's say you want Let's say you want leads. Let's say you want conversions, people who are signing up to your site to maybe, you know, get on your mailing list and get some free music. Maybe that's the if that's the objective of your campaign. What's happening is as those first 5, 10, 15, uh, you know, 20, however many subscribers come in, the algorithm is looking at patterns in those accounts and it's creating a segment and it's applying it to the, the, the Bob Dylan audience. So you're initially targeting a very small segment of those 5 million Bob Dylan fans that all most closely uh, match one another or match the, the this this new segment profile uh, of the people that are, are ultimately signing up to your mailing list. Um, they're cloning your audience, essentially, and then applying that filter to your audience. And that algorithm is incredibly powerful because Facebook has access to so much data. Their pixel is everywhere. They have partners, uh, partnerships with just, uh, you know, an enormous cross uh, cross section of the web. Um, and now when it, a person says, no, I don't want to share my data, Facebook is being cut off from an enormous amount of data. So that that could mean, and this is certainly the fear that is floating around out there, that could mean that they are much less successful uh, at uh, targeting uh, your or narrowing down your audience and creating um, you know, these, these optimized segments for you. It could mean that they are less effective at retargeting. So if you're not familiar with retargeting, aka remarketing, this is when we go and, uh, we, we run ads to people that have already been exposed to a certain page on your website or a certain post or, you know, a certain ad. Uh, it, and it, it almost certainly will affect people that are advertising to the audience network. So this, again, has got everyone riled up. There are different opinions on how it's going to affect us. Most most people are call, are are considering this to be, you know, a, a reasonably significant speed bump uh, ahead of us. And I would I would agree with that to some extent. Um, but 
I think for the most part, this is something that is going to affect more traditional, larger advertisers much more than than it is going to affect us. And when I say us, I'm yes, I'm talking about musicians, but I'm specifically talking about musicians who are kind of following the strategy that I've been laying out in Music Marketing Manifesto all these years. Um, so what where where again a lot of the advice that you see floating around out there you know if you become a student of marketing whether it's music marketing uh, through me or or somebody else there's a very good chance you start following uh, more traditional uh, marketing experts and that's that's great i've learned a lot through those people as well but but it's it's really important to uh, also be out there testing because what works when marketing music doesn't always work when marketing traditional products and vice versa. We really are doing our own things and the buying triggers, the unique selling proposition uh, of music is very different than the average uh, USP or unique selling proposition uh, of a traditional product. So all of those massive advertisers that are spending thousands of dollars a day trying to convert uh, complete strangers with broad offers, you know, be it be it Coca-Cola or weight loss pills, they're they're they may be somewhat significantly affected, at least at first. Um, however, as what I teach musicians to do, what I've been teaching musicians to do for about a decade now is to use Things like Facebook ads, now Instagram ads, even Twitter ads and some of the other platforms that are available to you. But but I do rely largely on Facebook and Instagram to drive traffic to a, a landing page, a squeeze page that is designed to give away a little bit of music in order uh, to get people or to entice people to sign up to your mailing list. And from there, we have an automated email series that takes over, builds a relationship with those fans builds that bond, creates that interest and that desire and ultimately sells stuff to them. And then we continue to sell stuff to that list over over the coming years. And as long as we're spending less acquiring subscribers than we are generating from those subscribers, um, you know, and, and that might be immediately or it might be over six months. But as long as we're ultimately making more off of them, then our career can grow and eventually it begins to grow exponentially. And it works, and it works really, really well. Um, and it continues to work in the streaming age. Uh, we pivot all over the place, um, but it's it's very, very effective. And as far as I'm concerned, it's really the it's the only way that a large percentage of musicians can expect to thrive. It's not the only way that musicians can succeed, but it, it is, it is in my opinion, if you want to, it is the, it is the strategy that will benefit the highest cross section or the largest cross section of musicians. Um, if, if compared to all the other sort of marketing techniques that are out there anyway. So that that's because of the strategy that, that, I and, and now many others teach, um, we control a huge amount of that data already. You know, when people are signing up to our mailing list uh, or landing on our own websites, we're, we control that information. We can still upload our information to Facebook. Things that happen on Facebook and on Instagram will all still be trackable. Um, and things that happen on your website will still all be trackable. We can still pass all that information. We'll still have the pixel on our site. Uh, so 
we're still in really, really good shape. Um, uh, we'll still be able to retarget. We'll still be able to optimize our ad campaigns. Uh, there will still be workarounds. Now, it will affect things like audience network or has the potential to. Um, we, I, I don't rely much on the audience network occasionally, but I don't, I certainly don't rely on it. I do use it occasionally. I don't teach others to rely on it. Um, so the fact that this is likely to potentially hurt the audience network doesn't concern me all that much. Um, and the other thing to, of course, remember is that Facebook is an auction system. So if there, let's say worst case scenario, it's worse than I think it is going to be. And it does hurt advertisers across the board. Uh, it's going to hurt all advertisers. And, you know, the sort of beauty of, of capitalism, at least in this scenario, is that we're already all paying as much as we can afford to pay, at least as as an average across the platform. Um, and and if it affects you, it's affecting other people. And so it could devalue the Facebook ad platform, which should bring down your prices if it brings up your performance. Again, that won't happen across the board. There there could be some people that don't adapt and are left behind. Um, but as a whole, you know, across the board, it should average out. Now, I've been at this a, a, a really long time. I've, I believe it was 2009 I ran my first Facebook ad as basically as it, whenever the ad platform came out. I've been I've been working online since around 2006, which is ancient in, in Internet years. Um, and as soon as that platform, you know, opened up to ads, I, I got involved with it. And I believe it was around 2009 I started running ads. And way back then, uh, we didn't have conversion tracking. We didn't have retargeting and remarketing. Um, we, our objectives was traffic and we did the optimization on our end, meaning, you know, Facebook sent us traffic. We had to just be smart with our targeting and we had to do uh, the, the testing on our side and just, you know, make changes to our, our, our copy until we stumbled upon the winning com combination of copy, music, uh, emails, uh, graphics, and everything else uh, that worked with the traffic sources that Facebook was giving us. Given, uh, yeah, giving us. And I don't expect us to. You know, th these are sort of the dark ages of advertising. I do not expect us to go back to that. But that's an absolute worst case scenario. That again, I'm extremely confident is not going to happen. But but if it did, there's no reason to think we couldn't adapt, pivot um, with some pretty minor changes, given that our our approach is so so simple compared to what the massive um, advertisers are ultimately doing. Um, but we, we could go back to that and we would still thrive. Funny enough, I've been targeting about a dollar per lead for about a decade now. So the, the meaning even without those tools, I was spending around a a buck a lead. Uh, well, targeting again, my prices are all over the chart. Sometimes I pay 50 cents, sometimes I pay $3. It just depends on the project. But that that has been my average and my go-to sort of target price per lead uh, and what I've taught others to target. And it and it remains that way a decade later. So, so long story short, I'm not terribly concerned about these coming changes. I don't think you need to be either. Um, again, if you are engaged in the kind of direct 
to fan marketing that I teach. Uh, however, and, and again, I, I, I think what you're going to see is that more and more advertisers start turning to lead generation if this ultimately gets bad. Uh, that's certainly the chatter that's out there uh, because when you are generating the leads, when you control the leads, you can easily pass that information to Facebook. And again, when people are on your website, you can also pass that information to to Facebook. Um, so because, you know, you'll be required to have your own privacy policy, as we all really ultimately are. And you can state the fact that you are collecting data. Um, and so long as you're doing all of that, then then everything is kosher. And again, this isn't a law. It just has to do with um, Apple's new sort of privacy policy. Now, um, a little bit of conjecture um, on, on all of that. Um, so when this happened, uh, Facebook started taking ads out. They emailed everybody. They, they, they told everyone that basically Apple was trying to destroy small businesses um, and, you know, implied that they, they were looking out for them. Um, and Apple, uh, of course, is saying that, no, we're doing this to protect your privacy. From what I can tell, and in my opinion, I don't think either is exactly true. I think it's money across the board. Uh, I think Facebook's concerned about the value of their ad platform, as they should be. It's a little bit devious that they 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 pretended to be holier than thou, as though they were concerned about small businesses. You know, if they were, they'd offer better support. Just as a starting point, uh, they they they're famous. This last year, they've banned many thousands of accounts. You know, for no no reason. Um, and made made retrieving those accounts really really difficult. So I don't know how much they care about you small businesses, um, and I don't know how much Apple cares about your privacy policy either. It seems a little bit to me that this is a scenario where, in one fail swoop, Apple has kind of become the king of the data pile uh, in the sense that they've still got access to all that data um, with all their users. They've just made sure that nobody else does, uh, or at least everybody else has a lot less of that data. So, you know, that's, that's my take, perhaps cynical. I don't, I don't know what's really true. Um, but whatever the case, uh, it is what it is. And Again, I've been, as I said, I've been at this a long time and I've seen many um, supposed, you know, the sky is falling events come and go, usually with, with pretty pretty minimal impact. So we'll see. I may be coming back at you in a couple of weeks saying um, that, you know, this was worse than I thought and we have to completely uh, shift gears here. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think that we will shift our gears slightly. There'll be a little pivoting uh, going on. This is certainly something that I'll be talking about regularly on the weekly coaching calls in my Insider Circle program. If you are an Insider Circle member, um, if you're not and you're interested in that, you can learn more at musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash Insider Circle. Um, but beyond that, uh, you know, all we can do is wait and see. Now the transition should be at least initially pretty, pretty seamless. Um, there are a few things that you can do and you need to be aware of uh, one. And I don't think this will affect most of you, but you're going to need to plan to operate with eight conversion events per domain. So if you've got, 
uh, well, in Facebook's words, uh, it says, you'll be restricted to configuring up to eight unique conversion events per website domain and ad sets, optimizing for a conversion event, conversion event, sorry, uh, that's no longer available will be paused when Facebook implements Apple's app tracking transparency framework. Uh, businesses that use more than eight conversion events per domain for optimization or reporting should create an action plan. Uh, for how to operate with eight events maximum. Now, basically, when this change happens, Facebook is going to basically look at your activity and pick the eight conversion events, if you have more than eight conversion events, um, that you're using the most of, that they determine you are, are most valuable to you. So if you've got one in there that's not getting a lot of activity, but it's really valuable to you, or if you, you know, if, if you have more than eight conversion events, you may want to go in, take a look at those, um, and get rid of some of the ones that you no longer want to prioritize. Um, and again, this is per domain. So for the average musician, um, unless you're extremely advanced with the stuff, you're not likely to have more than eight conversion events. For the most part, we're tracking uh, our leads and we're tracking uh, our various products. So, you know, if you've got more than eight albums, you might have eight. But and even then, often, if you know, if it's the same price point, we're using the same conversion event um, for various products. So if you got eight albums and they all kind of cost the same price point, uh, then you might want to just use one conversion event and just call it an album sold um, or, you know, break it up however you ultimately um, deem necessary for your your tracking purposes. So uh, so that's the first thing you need to be aware of. Again, not a major for most musicians. Uh, most musicians probably don't have more than three um, conversion events, but uh, but you might. Um, and then the other pretty simple, but also kind of important thing to do is to verify your domain. This is something that you should do now if you haven't already. Uh, I teach Insider Circle members how to do this. There is a recent lesson in the members area. Again, that's musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash insider circle if you're interested. Um, but you can also find support documents on how to do it from from Facebook, uh, but but here's what Facebook has to say about domain verification. They say complete domain verification. We recommend that you verify your website domain. All businesses should verify their domain as a best practice. However, it's important to prioritize verifying your domains if your domains have multiple businesses or personal ad accounts that own pixels. Please note that domain verification is not a new process and businesses can complete it from their business manager. The key difference is that domain verification needs to be done at the effective top level domain plus one, uh, some stuff in brackets there, uh, but the process is otherwise the same. So basically what you're doing is you're going in, you're, you're connecting Facebook with your uh, server, essentially. You, you, well, you're not connecting it. You go, you're going in and you're either, there's a couple ways to do it. You can add a, a DNS record or you can just upload a file, an HTML file to your site. And then you click verify. And once Facebook can confirm that, okay, you uploaded this file or you changed this record, that tells us that you do control this domain and we can now track uh, information comfortably knowing that uh, our terms of service are consistent ultimately with your terms. Uh, of service because you need to be compliant with Facebook's terms of service, um, or at least that's that's my understanding of ultimately why they're they're 
sort of wanting everyone to do this right away. So go and do that. Verify your domain on Facebook going into this. And otherwise, there's not a whole lot you need to do just yet. Um, if you've got, you know, what you might see, if this change ends up being a big deal, you might see your ads suddenly, uh, you know, campaigns that have been ticking along, um, for a while they could they could change uh you know they could perform better but more likely they could perform worse um but and you'll know by the way that this change has taken place because you'll you'll get a little ping on your phone to update ios 14 you'll do it and then suddenly when you try to use apps you'll be prompted with this little prompt um and at that point, if you see your ads start to underperform, then I would recommend ultimately going in and starting a fresh campaign and going through, you know, the, the learning process again. I mean, it could be as simple as things being thrown off because the algorithm has just been forced to sort of shift gears mid campaign. And there's a very good chance by just creating a fresh campaign, the new learning process will will course correct and everything will go back to performing about as well as it was before. But if not, then you need to go back to the drawing board and re-optimize for the the, the new algorithm, essentially. Um, there's a lot that Facebook is doing behind the scenes to make this transition as seamless as possible. It does appear they've kind of thrown in the towel when it comes to fighting with Apple. Um, they're pretty upset about it. They feel that Apple's not playing by their own rules. Um, but it does appear that they've kind of thrown in the towel and they're just doing all that they can to to uh, make the transition as seamless as possible. Um, I, from what I understand, uh, they're they're doing things like creating sort of historical models within the algorithm so that at least for some time, what you were doing before should should continue to work because they currently have access to all that data and they can create these models and rely on that information. Um, and there's a very good chance we may want to start doing things like uh, setting up uh, Zaps through Zapier um, where we uh, pass information through the API to make the data passing process uh, even, even easier. But it, again, I don't think that's going to be an issue for most musicians. Um, and that's kind of the size of it. So I wanted to address it because I've received just dozens of emails about this topic. People very concerned that, you know, they're already having a hard enough time with Facebook ads. Does this mean that the sky is falling, that they should just throw in the towel? Absolutely not, in my in my opinion. Uh, again, I, I don't know for sure. None of us know for sure until these changes take place. But this is not the first time uh, we've had a, a major, you know, potential threat to our to our, our online marketing um, uh, because of some change of a, a terms of service you know uh, SEO guys saw the penguin update years ago and you know what SEO is still a thing email marketing was supposed to die 13 years ago uh, but it's it's stronger than ever um, so so might this mean some changes it might we may have to pivot a little bit uh, but I think it, particularly us musicians who are engaged in smaller scale advertising with minimal conversion events um, and where our focus is building our mailing list, uh, you should you should be pretty OK. Um, and I'll continue reporting on it. And whenever there's stuff to show you guys, I'll be sharing that with Insider Circle members. Whenever there's stuff to sort of report on to make you aware, I'll be sharing it here on the podcast. Um, but that's my two cents. I'm sure there are going to be people who 
disagree, um, but we'll have to wait and see. All right. So uh, thanks so much for listening. I'm, I'm planning on picking up the pace of these episodes. I've got more episodes coming soon. Hopefully this will be a busy year with lots of podcast episodes coming your way throughout 2021. Um, be safe. Be healthy. I, I hope you and your families are doing okay out there. I know it's a very scary time, um, but do keep your chin up. All we can do is put our best foot forward and continue fighting for for our dreams you know to get that music out there to to connect with an audience uh pandemic or not all right uh happy new year and keep an eye on the feeds because i'll have more episodes soon take care Thanks for listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how you can market your music using the direct-to-fan strategies discussed on this show, then head on over to musicmarketingmanifesto.com and sign up for your free copy of the Music Marketing Blueprint. Once again, that's musicmarketingmanifesto.com.